This is Laura Van Arendongba, and you're listening to To Write and Have Written, a writer's guide to the business side. This is an audio recording of the weekly live stream where you can join us each Tuesday on Twitch. Details and a schedule of upcoming guests and topics can be found at lauravab.com. Now to this week's episode. Good evening, or if you're watching this in the future or in another hemisphere, good morning, (laughs) something. All right. Um, So, hey, it is time for a learn with me. So that's what we will be doing this evening. And we have reached that theme on our rotation. Uh, But I did want to just uh, say a couple housekeeping things beforehand. Um, So last week we talked about rewards versus reinforcements, how they're not the same thing, what we can do to actually... uh, you know, get some practical use out of these. And um, I've heard back from a number of people who have been trying this and having a good time with it. And um, I've even seen some really cute little charts that people made that I did not ask permission to share. So I'm just going to say that they exist. And I was really happy to see them. Um, And one thing that came up several times was, uh, 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 sorry, uh, candy. (laughs) <laughs> people are a lot of people are using um, cookies or candy or whatever as their reinforcers, um, and I definitely talked about um, food uh, last week when we were doing this, just because um, candy and NaNoWriMo are kind of traditionally a thing. It is not an accident that NaNoWriMo begins on the day that Halloween candy goes on sale. Uh, however, um, as we say in the biz non-nutritive reinforcers are also reinforcers and are certainly available. So don't feel like, you know, candy is your only option. Uh, You know, there are lots of things that you can use. Feel free to use all the good things. Um, But I'm going to say it's 2020. If you're going to eat the junk food anyway, go ahead and make it work for you. And that is totally fine. So you do you. (laughs) There we go. So, um, Oh, wow. <laughs> Natalie says she uh, showed up in chat five seconds before the alert on the phone. Boof. That is awesome. Like, like very, you are probably more predictable about this than me because I'm usually like, oh, it's seven. I should find a button. So good. Uh, all right. So tonight we are doing a learn with me and we are going to talk about spreadsheets. Spreadsheets are the, uh, as I said earlier today in, in, a, in a little bit of promo, um, spreadsheets come from the other side of the office suite and writers, we don't, we don't like spreadsheets. Um, they're complicated, they're scary, uh, but they're also really, really powerful and can do a lot of amazing things for you even outside of the obvious spreadsheet application of mathing. So we're going to talk about that. And I have brought in, let me see if I can get my window up. All right. And live our tonight's spreadsheet expert. We have here our very own seeker within also known as John, also known as Mr. Lara. So um, (laughs) I have shamelessly stolen him because uh, for years I have borrowed his expertise um, to help me arrange and organize and sort things with spreadsheets. And he's a freaking wizard with the things. So I thought, um, let's, let's bring him in and actually have him talk through. Uh, so, okay. All right. So the, the two people I have in the chat right now, both like spreadsheets. It might just be you because since I did say we were doing spreadsheets tonight, I might've run everybody else off. So if it turns out that it's just like, you know, you guys and John, and you can all sit around and have like a spreadsheet kumbaya and that's fine too. Um, <laughs> but I, I did want to, um, go through and at least introduce for uh, some other people. Um, oh, John, you're getting waves from the chat. Yes, so, yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, good. I didn't know if you had the chat. Awesome. Um, so, uh, so yeah, our, our setup here is actually quite hilarious tonight. So I'm in my little studio area. Um, and uh, John is on the opposite side of my table with my giant monitor set up in front of uh, between us and so we're kind of shouting over the monitors at each other and this is pretty hilarious oh my gosh scott's here too and he also likes spreadsheets look it's just going to be a spreadsheet fan gathering then instead of a walkthrough so we can do that um awesome so hey scott thanks for stopping by okay um (laughs) so let's go ahead and um, talk about what we can do with spreadsheets other than, you know, people tend to think of them as just for accounting, Um, but so much sorting, so much less math in my life. Um, So I made um, 
All right, hey, I'm gonna pop over here. So I made a super brief little walkthrough of different ways that I'm using spreadsheets right now that John has helped me with. And um, so you guys can see some of the options and then John's gonna walk us through how we get these. So um, non-math ways that I'm using spreadsheets right now when I'm tracking my students' homework. Um, so I've, and I've blocked out most, some of the stuff isn't sensitive information, obviously my students are. Um, and the scores that they're getting, <laughs> you know, those are, I'm not going to share that. But some of the stuff is just dummy data or, or just covered up. But I just didn't want to. I, it was easy to just block everything. But um, I can see at a glance, okay, who's turned what in? What was the score they got? All of these kinds of things are easy, and I don't have to write anything down or file things. Um, my author snapshots. We talked about this. Oh gosh, a month or two ago um, when we were talking about marketing. And, um, and I gave you some marketing homework and I said we were gonna build on that later and now is the time. Um, so being able to just look at, you know, track very, very easily, see at a glance if something is improving or uh, maybe going the wrong direction. And we can, uh, John's gonna talk about conditional formatting with that. Um, a fun thing that I do with my spreadsheets is I track uh, my Christmas gift purchases. So again, I can see at a glance, you know, um, are all my columns the same length? Then I have presents for everybody. Do I have a really long one and a really short one? I need to start some panic buying, okay? That kind of thing. Same thing for Christmas cards, which you can also use as a mail merge to dump and get your uh, um, address labels printed. One thing I started doing last year and I'm doing again this year is I'm sending Christmas cards to any of my readers who would like one. Um, so I had a sign up in my last newsletter that went out for that. Um, and so it, everything just goes into a spreadsheet where it's easy to manage. Um, submission logs. Uh, so I don't have to remember where I sent stories and who has already rejected them <laughs> or when does that exclusivity uh, expire so I get the rights back. You know, all of that, it's, it's just easy in a spreadsheet log. And then um, for uh, handling ads, so these are my Amazon ads, which I'm not good at yet, but I'm working on it. And rather than you know trying to keep track, there's so much data, so much data to organize in doing that. And so uh, spreadsheets are the way that it's still not fun, but I'm not in tears. So that's the most I can explain. So um, oh, yeah, somebody spotted a penny. She's uh, now back down, crashed on the carpet and not being cool anymore. So but she may she may come back and see. Um, Adam has no re emotional reaction. But Adam, you're a developer. So you know, you don't spreadsheets don't square scare you quite as much as the average English major, probably. So all right. <laughs> all right. All right. Oh, let's, let's just um, hop back to get back here. I'm gonna Sorry, I'm still working on, I still need my intern. All right, John, you should now have the ability to throw some spreadsheets into the mix. They should come up, I would think. Oh, there we go. Okay. Maybe. Okay. Oh, oh, no, I need the mouse back. You can have the mouse back. All right, so this, is the, this is the problem that we're going to have here. Um, all right. You accidentally moved my camera, so I'm going to, there we go. Okay, now uh, you can have the mouse back. <laughs> okay. All right, so this first one that we have up here is um, for, uh, this is the author snapshot, which, um, again, I've talked about uh, a couple months ago, and it's just finding out where you are. And I said uh, at that time, just start tracking numbers. Remember, the data does not judge you. It's just a bunch of numbers, and then we can use that to make other decisions. Uh, so here's some uh, numbers, and you can see I've just pulled out, you know, a few a few sample things, um, things to play with. And uh, so <laughs> Laura was trapped in the spreadsheet. That's what it feels like at times. Not even kidding. Um, there's a reason I go to a guru for assistance. Um, but John, I'm going to let you actually talk um, now that everybody knows you're here and I've, I've done the like, this is why spreadsheets are useful. Um, I'm going to let you actually get a word in. Sure. Uh, thanks, Laura. And obviously, the spreadsheets we're going to walk through today, they are all fake data. I think Laura's actually eventually going to put them up on her website so that if you just see one, you're like, oh, I really want that one, you can take it. Actually, yes, there will be a, uh, a place to grab them at the end of this episode. So There you go. So this one 
is somewhat reminiscent of what Laura does do with her, as she calls it, the snapshot, where she's tracking at the beginning of every month what exactly is going on with a variety of counts, so she can sort of see how she's doing out there. But one thing that you see with this is it's all just raw numbers. Great. But with the wonder of spreadsheets and the wonder of something called conditional formatting, I can find the mouse because she keeps stealing it back from me, you have the ability to manipulate how these like how these numbers look without actually doing a whole lot of work. So one handy, easy way to do, since she's all about the, you know, is it, how's it going, she could very easily use directionals and she could see, hey look, you know, my number, it didn't, it went down in one month and then it went up the, and then it, you know, so overall it's going up, which is good. Um, you can also play, if you really are more into the color game, you can play, you know, the highest number is the green one, the red is the lowest number. You'll notice that these can, in fact, stack. So if you decide, you know, I really shouldn't have done that, um, you do have the ability to come in here and you can change the rules and mod and say, you know, I want one of these. I really don't want the other one. That was a mistake. Now, conditionals can get really funky um, because you always have the ability to play where you would actually do rules that are based on formulas. And that's when Laura says, you know, John, I don't want to play anymore and runs away. Because once we start getting into formulas, she'll do some, but most of them she just doesn't want to do them. It's it's one of those like know your skills, know that it will take me longer to do it than it will take me to ask John to do it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And so you know something you can do, and we've, we've played this kind of game before as well. Is so she's got her nice raw numbers here. Yay raw, cool. Yay math. But if she wants to know sort of how are they going from a percentage basis. There's nothing preventing us from down here saying, okay, we'll increase over time, you know, standard little formula where I say, hey, look, you know, it's this number now, and last month it was this number, and I'd like to know what that, so it changed by, it went down by 63, I think we knew there was a problem there, or you know, went down, just data, but I'd like to know as a percentage basis, okay, cool, I can do see as a percentage, and once I've got one, I can do things called fill over here in editing you can fill and I can take that formula and I can fill it down or I can fill it right and it will just automatically sort of fix itself as it goes along we'll figure out why I did one so I'm going to interrupt for just a second sure. for those of us who walked into spreadsheets and you know haven't uh, been using them for a while. Can you show walk through how you would make that formula? Because that's not sure. inherently obvious. Uh, sure. Well, we will magically make them all go away. So for an email subscriber, which is actually here, there's a couple ways I can do it. We're going to go the simple way first. So I know that if I want to do percentages, I want to say what's the, you know, there's a number at the top divided by a number at the bottom. Cool. So the first thing I'm going to do is type the equal sign. Now, to get the top number, which is, you know, how much did it change? I can click on the field, I can click the, you know, then, then do the sign, and then I can click on field. It's one approach. Don't tell me the difference. Hey, okay, look. And then I can put that in parentheses. Don't worry about the, the crazy number, that's okay. So put that in parentheses, and then I can say, and all that divides by, and again, I can click on field. And if I do that, you know, it just magically all sort of works itself and it says, okay, you, you went 2%. And then if I want to see decimals, I can play games here and see bigger numbers. But the other thing you can do is along the top, you see A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Then on the left, you see 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. So I could also go out here and say, hey, look, equal sign. And I could say this, I want the, this is now, I want D3. And you can sort of see a little blue box just showed up of where D3 is. Minus D, or sorry, C3. And again, and you can actually see how the little red box jumps around as I mistype that. Those little boxes are showing you where is the number coming from. Now, as you want to get really crazy, you can actually, you see how the little cursor changed the multi-arrow? You can drag that around and watch it change. Yeah, I didn't want to do that. Cool. And that may not be what I wanted, but that's what I did. And that will, once I come back up here and select the formula, I can see them again and I can say, oops, you know, that's not good and put it back where it really should be. Everything's cool. Now, the thing is that 
doing that over and over and over in all of these fields, I mean, think about that. I'd have to do it in every one of those fields. And that just seems boring. Boring is not good when you're quit stealing my mouse, Laura. Right. That was Penny who stole your mouse. Who stole my mouse. Sorry. <laughs> that, was, that was Penny who walked by and caught herself on the cable. The other thing is to note that I can select, I can copy a formula and copy the formula itself. If I paste it, then the formula is the same between the two fields. If I'm like, oh, look, I'm just going to copy the field and I paste it, Excel thinks it's being smart and it changes the formula for you to represent the new row. So, you know, if, you, if something just doesn't look right, if you copied the field rather than copying the contents, that may be your problem. There is an exception to that. It's called dollar signs are our friends. If you put the dollar sign in front of either the letter or the number, or both, if you want to get crazy, that tells Excel, hey look, that should never change. So then if I play the copy-paste game, that C3 doesn't change, even though the B3 changed, the C3 didn't. If I don't have those dollar signs, when you play copy-paste games, it all changes. But going back to where I was before Laura said, but where does it come from? Again, typing that over and over and over is boring. If I highlight the area I care about, I can, wherever is sort of is my starting box, the box that's currently white, that's where it's starting from, I can fill. And when I fill, I can fill down, I can fill right, and yes, then all my numbers were taken care of and I didn't have to manually do them all myself. The only comment I will make at this point is, oh look, I started in books page, which doesn't actually have a number, that's my bad. So cool, take the formula, take it, drop it down in here where I want it. Redo, and now I'm going to use uh, hotkeys, which I don't expect anybody to know, it's just fine. And I get the same exact pattern. And now, if I want to, if I want to play with my conditional formatting, I can say, hey, look, as a percentage, you know, how did things go? And ultimately, it's no different than it was before, but it allows me to see, you know, in percentages rather than in whole numbers, so that, okay, you know, it went up or down by what doesn't mean a lot, but hey, look, it went down by 2.4, then went back up by 2, and then really sort of stayed flat. Can, in fact, be a lot more useful to me. Uh, yeah, and yes, Bridger Dogs, now that I'm looking over, dollar signs are basically lock. It says, do not move. This, this is a lock. Uh, that can actually be really helpful, and we'll talk about that as we move along. But... Yeah, when you start getting into some crazier stuff, the fact that you can lock some fields and let other fields move becomes really, really helpful. So this is going to be like a very high-level, you know, overview. As you know, this is not going to be the in-depth uh, tutorial for most of these things. But uh, uh, what I really like about you know what John just showed is, you know, let's say like one of the one of the statistics that's on this sheet is my average open rate for my newsletter, um, and so I could say, okay. Um, you know, it was, it's been running at 35, it's dipped down. Um, actually, I'm looking here at this one, I can see it, you know, it goes down three months in a row. What is going on there? Do I need to look and see, you know, did, did something happen techno technologically? Did I, uh, did I try a new opening line that's clearly not working? You know, I can, I can play with, uh, uh, or I, I can see the trends. So that gives me ways to uh, things to look at rather than eh, everything feels fine, <laughs> which is um, much more based on whether I've eaten lately than actual data. So yes, it gives us things to look into. Exactly. Okay. So, um, and I'm going to steal the mouse back, John, because uh, I, uh, so <laughs> like I said, we're, we're sharing a machine um, with sc two screens facing in opposite directions. And it's kind of hilarious. Um, so uh, now I, you can have the mouse back again. Um, so I talked about using spreadsheets for organizing, um, you know, again, for the, for the Christmas gifts, for tracking my students' homework, you know, that kind of thing for my submission log, which is hugely useful. Um, I knew someone who sent the same story to the same editor twice after the editor rejected it the first time. And um, the editor wrote back with, 
lovely, polite email, very polite saying, yeah, I don't actually want this this time either. Um, doesn't look like any changes were made. Thanks for sending it again, but no, again. And um, my friend who had a name, which rhymes with Laura Baugh, felt really embarrassed. And um, <laughs> so having a submission log is, is a very, very good idea. Uh, and it's just, yeah, one of those things that keeps you, keeps you uh, much more task oriented, much more uh, able to look and see exactly where you are at a glance. Um, but then the, the, there's the giant sheet of doom, as I call it, um, which is the uh, where we get into the heavy lifting of uh, doing actually a lot of math and a lot of tracking. So I think John's got the the sheet of doom to share with you. And um, it is the sheet of doom. It's it's got a lot of tabs and it's got a lot of math. And yes. basically, I'm thrilled that it's doing the math, so I don't have to that sort of thing. So. <laughs> Structurally, what this is, and again, obviously, all the data has been stripped out of it so that you don't have to. Um, um, if you opened the sheet of doom, I need you to close the other one because I can't see the sheet of doom. I did. There, is that better? Uh, now it, that's better. Yes. Okay. So this is what Laura likes to call the sheet of doom. Well, sheet of doom. Doom. Is not sheet of doom. It's just a little more complex. The intent of this document is for any given book which for this purpose is name one and name two, that she has the ability to capture what expenses, you know, did she have somebody, did she pay somebody for a cover? Did she pay somebody to do an edit? Um, any of those kinds of expenses she might have. And then to see the royalties from a variety of sources, KDP, find a way, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so that she knows, she's made, has she made money on this book yet, or is she still losing money? Um, she can also take keep track of how many copies she have she has seen sold in the various places. Now we're sort of in the middle of changing this over because Find a Way didn't used to be there, it, but yeah, this is a old one that's a template, and we'll update it and get it clean and make it pretty and all those kinds of things. But the other fun thing about this is that, as we all know, uh, different authors or different publishing locations may name the books differently. Um, you may you have an ASIN from Amazon, you have ISBNs, you have you know all kinds of fun different toys and different things that you use to track the information. And ultimately, she didn't want it all in, all over the place, she wanted it all served in one row. So the this is where things get fun. You know, there, we have an expense tab. Expenses is probably the easiest piece you're gonna have. Hey, look, give me a name. What was your expense? Give me the amount. Cool. Dates if you got them. And all that this really is doing, and there's multiple ways to do it, but the simplest way to explain to Laura was there's this cool feature called a function called SUMIF. And what SUMIF will do is SUMIF will, as you can sort of see from the little hint, hint text, give any range, and in this case, the range is actually on the expenses tab, can find any place where that range matches some specific piece of data, which in this case was my title. You can see the blue. That's why this little thing is blue, that's blue. And then a matching range, which is optional, but how we're doing it, find a matching range and sum all the values. So right now, this is going to the expenses tab. There's those cool dollar signs where the two and the 2000 is locked so that that won't move around on me. And anywhere that there's a name one, it's counting as expenses. So currently, it's, oops, Currently, it's an expense of 500 bucks. If Laura comes back and says, hey, look, you know, book name one. Now she's got an editing. And for some reason, something were really, really cheap and they only cost you 75 bucks. Oh, I probably kidnapped their child. That may have been why, but you know, you actually should call the book the same book name. Uh, at that point, my expenses will go up to 575. No big deal, straightforward, very simple. Um, Royalties are doing much the same thing, where we're going to, in this case, KDP. Now you'll notice that there's no dollar signs on this one. The reason there's no dollar signs is, whereas the 2,000 said, look, Laura, when you get to, when she can do 2,000 rows in here, and once she gets to 2,000, no more data. After that, it's just not going to capture the data. But when we're talking KDP, although I've got a nice little cutesy minimal thing here, 
she copies them from KDP and they're pages after pages after pages and I need her to keep that data forever so that I have all the historical information. It gets big. By not having the dollar signs, it looks at the entire column. It never cares. It always just says the whole column, find it, anything in that, all of it, take it all. And so therefore, this one, it looks at all of the column. Now this one is going over to my AE field. You can sort of see it's got titles AE in here. This is the titles tab, AE, so it's over here. So it's actually using the ASIN number. Now ABC123 isn't a real ASIN number. Um, but, cool, ASIN numbers are fun. It will go out and it will pull the ASIN number. Now the other nasty thing with KDP, I'm gonna go with nasty, sure. You'll, you'll notice that a couple of these fields in blue. Those are blue because that's the, hey look, these are fields I'm actually using. It's helpful to remember when you have a massive file that comes from KDP, which ones you care about. Just a detail. Now this type of one is also gray. When they, when you work with KDP, they give you their currency. Hey, look, what's your currency rate? Well, you know they gave, you know she sold a book in in uh, Great Britain, the UK. So they sold that one in pounds. That's great. If you add pounds and dollars, you're going to turn it into something that you can't really figure out, and good luck with that. Um, currency rates change over time. Now, you can be simple and you can say, hey, look, I only want one rate for every year, and that's all I care about. Um, I'm mean and evil and nasty, and I've said, congratulations, you get to do it once a month. So what we've done here is, here in the very last column, this royalty in USD has a new formula we're going to play formula games. P2, which is the royalty amount, we want to modify it by the... I'm going to interrupt for just a second. Sure. Can you slide your screen off to the right? Your right-hand column is hard to see on the actual... Yeah. There we go. Thank you. That's great. Yes. Um, every column up until... So, other than the date column at the very front, and this last column at the very back, every other column in here was from an extract lawyer did for me from KDP yesterday. The data has been stripped and moved and modified to protect the innocent, um, but at least that way you've got something. This, the new fee thing we're talking about, there's a couple pieces in here we're going to talk through. The first thing is this EO month thing. What the heck is EO month? EO month is the end of month. Now there's also an EO year, etc. Um, EO month is going to A2, you see the little ribbon box, it's going to October, so it doesn't matter if it's October 1st, 2nd, 3rd, 4th, 5th, 6th, this is going to turn it into the last day of the month, October 31st of 2020 in this case. As part of my view lookup means a vertical lookup. Now, just knowing, then that way, like I said, I'm evil. When we get to our currency, Laura has to track what month is it? And what currency is it? And then how did that translate into dollars? Okay. And so when I'm doing my lookup, I want a combination of, well, what's the date and what's the currency type to figure out how are we going to manipulate what KDP gave us to turn it into dollars? Not one, not the other. I need both of these pieces of information for it to be useful. I need the date and the amount. Well, cool thing about vertical lookup is vertical lookup will say, hey look, given a, given a block of data, and I'm, for purposes I'm just going to highlight these in yellow, it will look at the very first column, and then you get to tell it which column you want to send back. In this case I want column 3, that's where my USD equivalent is. The problem is if it only looks at column 1, that doesn't give me my US date, or my dollar amount, that's a problem. So. I created something called in my little column A here, which is a lookup. Now, it's nice and gray because that way it's just formulaic. That way it helps Laura remember it's just a formula. If she puts data in the white ones, it'll take care of it. She doesn't need to put stuff in the gray. It'll just magically happen. And what it is doing is it is concatenating. It is adding. The and side says add columns B and column C. Now, you'll notice when you look at this thing that's got this 44135. That's the numeric representation of October 31st, 2020, based on in the Gregorian calendar, they like zero. Cool, don't care. The key is it's unique. 44135 is going to be different than if I had 1130, 2020. See, different number. I get it from my USD. 
Hey, look, it magically attaches. Hey, look, it's still going to be a buck. Oops. Everything's cool. The vertical lookup that we have in KDP, and this is why when, again, Lara's going to drop this spreadsheet out there, and as I get the pages for find a way, fix, and all those things, we'll drop it out again. If you don't want to do all the craziness, cool, great. Don't do the craziness. Just know you'll need to go to KDP, copy, paste, and then fix the currency once a month. Go out to Google, search on, you know, November 31st, USD to USD, great British pounds to USD currency exchange. You can stick it in here and you're done. And I'm going to jump in real quickly and just say, sure. just like with the marketing, this is this is not a kit that needs to be assembled in a single day, right? Like, take the parts that are useful to you right now, add additional parts as they are useful to you later. And if they're never useful to you, don't worry about it. And it, you know, as you get more comfortable with using parts of it, then start using more parts of it. And it, this is by no means an all or nothing uh, proposition because it's easy to, easy to get overwhelmed and don't let it bully you. You are bigger, you are stronger, you are smarter than the spreadsheet. As an example, if you decided, dear goodness, that's way too much, I just, I can't handle it. If she just used the same values all the time and just said, I want it to be one for now and someday I'll figure out that currency thing, but at least for now it's, it's close enough and one sounds great and one's a great number. Math's gonna, the formulas don't know, don't care, they're gonna be quite happy with that. They'd be cool with that. But what it's now going to do, structurally, is it comes in here, it takes the end of the month of my date at the beginning, it adds to it the currency, K2, that's why it's purple. It uses that and says, okay, so do a vertical lookup, given that piece of data, go to the currency translation tab, look in the little grid of A through D. Again, there's no, dot, no, no numbers there, so it's looking at the whole columns, doesn't matter how tall it is. It'll look in column A, it will count over to the fourth column, A, B, C, D, and that's the column of data that it's going to give me back. Now, the false I always use false whenever I'm using vertical lookups. You don't have to. But vertical lookups, as you can see when I highlight it, they do a range lookup. If you do not do false, if you do true, the first time they find something that sort of kind of looks close enough, they'll give you that number. Use true. We're precise here. We want things to be exact. Use true. Or use, you put false in there. Don't leave it true. Don't let it decide. Set false. No, you can't get close. It's got to be my thing. Once it's your thing, it returns a value. Cool, you get, there you go. Now, if you ever find yourself dealing with formulas like this and you're like, I have no idea what he just did. The wonderful thing is there is in the formulas tab something called Evaluate Formula. You can actually have the thing slowly walk through piece by piece. So there's P2, I want to evaluate this. P2, it goes out, it says, okay, well, P2 is the 235.64. Vertical lookup, end of month, what the heck? So what it did was it got the 44135. Now again, that's that date, October 20th in Gregorian, yay Rob. And it added K2, which is USD. And you can see it's all underlined. When you click it again, it's gonna merge it together into the single stream. And it's got that currency translation false silliness thing. You're gonna click on it. And all of that turned into my one. So it sort of walked you through what did it do to come up with my number. Multiply by one times one, there's your dollar amount, congratulations. And that allows you to, if you've ever got a formula you're trying to go, what the heck is happening? Or you've got formulas from somebody else and you'd like to see what's going on, that's a way to see how it's going, what's going on. But bottom line, all of that really is driven towards going back to the front. Hey, look, as Laura drops in data for the next book, and I'm just going to cheat here and just say, hey, look, magically, in October, the exact well, this this book sold the exact same number of copies as it did in the month prior. Okay, only it was November, and it was November fifteenth. Sure. When I come back to the titles, the dot the money here for royalties has moved up, moved up, and my copies sold have also moved up. And so. That allows her at a glance, you know, to watch over time and see, hey, look, this is what's going on. Now, something we have done that I think I ripped out recently in the plan of rebuilding was this big nasty thing that allowed us to do them on a per year basis. 
Uh, welcome to the, we're redoing things and making things smarter, faster, better. Um, but at least the starting point of this LAR will drop out on her website. And then as we finish up the updates we're doing, we'll drop it again. So that's what she calls the spreadsheet of doom for obvious reasons. There's a lot of those sum if things in here. Um, you see them all over the place. Um, here's a fun one where you can actually see that it does a sum if and then it subtracts another sum if because she wanted to keep this being the sold copies. And so if she ever gave away a freebie, like, hey, look, it was a part of a promotional, so I gave away a bunch of copies. Well, that's nice, but she wanted to be able to subtract that and reduce and not count that in her total, in her paid copies, and yet we could have her total copies account for the paid plus those free copies. Uh, little things like that. Uh, and again, you can't, you could merge the data together, but it's easier to leave it as separate tabs for the different kind of things, because that way when they give you different formats, where you know, different columns or different, you know, how many columns you get from different places, find the key columns that matter, use those, ignore the rest. And where this data comes from, if you are on KDP's, uh, you know, your KDP reports, uh, tab, or if you go to draft to digital or if you're going to Nook Press, or anywhere that you, any of those platforms where you're selling your books, uh, they will all have a spreadsheet to download to give you your sales data. Uh, some of them will, will give it to you on, on the web page broken out in their HTML, but all of them will have a way to download that in an Excel sheet. And I just copy paste because I'm lazy. So there's no reason to manually enter this data. The advantage of having each platform having its own tab means that each one can be set up to receive it in the format that that platform exports it in. And so then um, it's literally just copy paste and you have updated, you know, 27 titles worth of uh, book data for the month. So, um, yeah, and this is, yeah, yeah, yes, yes, it is nice. This is why I like it. This is why we're having this conversation because there's no way I'm going to copy all that stuff by hand. I am lazy, as I have mentioned. Um, so, and, and again, this is, this is an overpowered spreadsheet for especially if you're, you know, getting started in your writing career that, you know, if you don't have audiobooks, if you don't have overseas sales, then don't worry about those pieces parts. Okay, just use what you need to use and add on to it as you need it. And, um, you know, just take it, take it by pieces. So it, it, as it's useful. So, okay. Yeah, there's, there's obviously a lot of really interesting data that's also available from that KDB download, unit sales versus refunds, etc. But part of that is for what is what was the goal for this? The goal for this was not to figure out what was my average list price without tax, my average offer price without, didn't care about that. The goal was, how many, what's the net sales, what's the net royalties, that's what we care about. But because it's easier just to dump all the data into the spreadsheet and then use the spreadsheet's power to pull out the pieces we care about, that's what Laura does. That way she doesn't have to Figure out which columns matter in the spreadsheet. Take a whole thing, drop the whole thing, save it, move on. Control C, Control V. I'm done. I move on with my life. Okay. Yep. Um, so, yeah, again, this is where you can find a friend, work slowly through with yourself, steal from other people, build something that once you've got it in place, you can use it and help keep track of your writing stuff over time. Or, you know, if you want to play the same game with dog tracking where you're like hey look it's it's penny and penny is learning on her sit and we did this training session and we did this many attempts and we did this and we actually got this many successes you could track all that you could track over time and say hey look you know i could set it over i could use the time dates or i could say hey look over the course of puck or over the course of penny's life we've done thirty thousand sit attempts and we've succeeded on twenty five thousand of them Oh, why you would do that, I don't know. But if you decided you wanted to, the tools are available and you wouldn't have to, you know, you could actually... Actually, for service dog work, I would want that data, right? Like that's... And if you were if you were doing search work, um, you know, that would actually be something that might be relevant in court to present that data. So, yeah. Cool. 
All right, I'm going to move us on to our last spreadsheet because I've got 20 minutes left and that seems about right. The last spreadsheet, this is where we do the big massive disclaimer. I am not an accountant. But tune in in two weeks because Chris Morris is. Exactly. <laughs> two weeks from now, you'll have an accountant. But one of the things that you need to do in many walks of life is you need to track money in and money out. And you can use a spreadsheet to, and yes, bridge your dogs before I move on. Yes, absolutely. If you want to track how many times the reactive dog triggered, level of intensity per your perspective, you could do that. Um, that could include not just, you know, the number of times and then the level of intensity, but location, uh, you know, date, and heck, it could even include time because, you know, spreadsheets do track time as well. So, yeah, you could have all the pieces there. And so if you find out that it's always at 8 p.m., well, that might tell you to start looking around what's going on at 8 p.m. Uh, anyway, spreadsheets for accounting. What you see in front of you is, again, sort of the basic one I believe Laura's going to throw up. It's not intended to replace. If, if you need QuickBooks, oh my gosh, the power of QuickBooks, it is massive and strong. Okay, cool. But at least as a starting point, and probably for quite a while, you don't need the power of QuickBooks and the many, many, power, many, many things it can do. And I'll say that I had QuickBooks for years, and I, you know, I now I just use a spreadsheet because it does everything I needed to do for not the cost of QuickBooks. So, yeah. so there's some basic structures that are going to be helpful. Uh, this is not a double entry cost accounting. Uh, you know, if you took your accounting class and they told you all the wonders of double entry accounting, this is not that, it's not intended to be, that's okay. Um, but what this allows us to do, there is a reason we have an expense column separate from an income column. That actually is very helpful for reasons which we'll get into in a minute. Get a date, when did you do it? Description that's helpful for you. Categories. Categories are actually very helpful. That will allow you to chunk this stuff up into meaningful pieces. You'll notice right now, when I click on this new row, there's a little down arrow, which will actually create a box that looks like it's empty. Oh, look, here's a list of specific things I'm allowed to enter. Unfortunately, your menu does not come through on the, uh, on the stream for whatever oh. reason. It's got uh, your cursor, but not the menu. But that's cool. uh, I can just tell people that that what that should be, if I'm remembering correctly, is that blue column. Yeah, that everything that's in yeah. blue is in that drop-down menu. And actually, I was going to go there. So basically, what we've done here um, is inside data, there's something called data validation. And what we've done is we've said, hey, look, this particular field has to be, it, it, there's a list that has to be from this grouping. Now I made it a little extra long down to 26 even though I didn't need to so that people could stick a couple extra in there if they really wanted to. Uh, but what that does is that means that I have something that I know it's always going to be that list of values. Um, I could in fact, you know, you can set error alerts and all kinds of craziness but for what we were doing, hey look, just a forced list, this is what we need to do, was handy. Um, key things that Laura cared about was, hey, look, when I sold that book, did I sell it at a discount? Um, what was my net sales? Hey, look, you know, again, I can click on the thing and see the percentages. Um, Laura tends to like to sell books, and I faked this sales tax. I know how to do that for real, but I didn't care for because from a demo standpoint, excellent. Uh, not to mention that way, you know, when Laura's using Square and if she wants to, she knows, hey, look, it sold for this much, and this was actually plug in the tax with the net sales. I use a formula for net sales. You could flip it and say, well, you know, I really wanted the sales tax to be the thing that's calculated. Different people, different approaches. Uh, what you want. Sale location is another one that's going to be important. Sure, you don't have a sale location when you buy a book cover. That's an expense. That's not a sale. But you will want the sales. And we'll get into why. Because that will be helpful for the accounting people when you get to them. Now, once you've captured data, as you go forward and you keep capturing data and you say, hey, look, you know, I did some advertising, I'm sure, you know, today, or not today, but a couple days from now, I'll do advertising on Amazon. Um, and I'll spend another 15 bucks with them. And I'll learn how to type the number. There we go. What that allows me to do is, is I pull all that data because I have certain pieces that I really cared about. Hey, look, this group thing is automatically figured out based on my category. It's an expense. It's 
these things. And again, hey, look at weird V lookup things back again. I like it, it's fun. What I can then do is I can then use the power of pivot tables. So a couple things about pivot tables. Um, the thing that, you know, at the top is sort of the groupings, it ex but it expects that there has to be a title for everything. If you've got a blank, the pivot table is going to mock you mercilessly and say no until you give it a title. Everything must have a title. Once you have all your titles, I can come in here and I can say, hey, look, I would like to insert. Now, I'm going to insert pivot table. The power of pivot tables, you can put them all over the place. You could put them in the same spreadsheet. You can put them on a new spreadsheet. It's always easier to put them on new. If you're, again, advanced skills, you'll be putting them on the same, realizing that that can do some strange things which you're not paying attention. So we're going to go with new, new simple. Okay, that's sort of meaning I don't understand what I have here. Don't worry about it. Over on the right, you see pivot table fields. What is it you care about? Well, you know, I'd like to know the grouping. What kind of, you know, was it expenses? Was it income? Okay, that's cool. You know, I would like to go ahead and know what my expenses are. That's a value. I would like the sum of my expenses. I'd like the sum of my income. But you know, income and expenses, that's not the most helpful for me. I'd like to know when I did that on a monthly basis. Okay. So now I'm starting to see some structures. Okay, cool. Or, you know, I really don't care about the date, but you know, what I really care about is the category. What, what was it I was seeing? Okay, so in October, I guess I should get rid of all the dates. Sorry about that. Uh, you know, my, my expenses, I will flip the order. My expenses are in advertising and production. My income is in sales. Cool. So now I'm starting to build a report that I can use Hey, look, I need to I need to give this to my accountant, and he's going to care about, or I need to use this for sales tax reporting purposes. Okay, well then here's your sales tax, but you know sales tax, I probably ought to know where did that sale happen. So I guess I should go ahead and click this. Now I know where the sales occurred, and I can build out as a pivot table. But it will sort of do the hard work of doing all those sum ifs and all that silliness for me. Um, there are some limitations. There's reasons I'm not using pivot tables in what Laura calls the spreadsheet of doom. But it's a handy way to sort of build a report that's not too complex or that doesn't look too bad. And then if you decide, you know, but this look, I don't like how it looks. You can go to the designs and you can start playing with it. You know, it really should look more like an outline where all those are different rows. Or, you know, now I've got to remember, now I've got tabular so I can see the data. Well, what should you do? You know, I should go ahead, I want, if there's a value, I want it repeated so I can see it. And, you know, the subtotal lines, those are annoying, get rid of those. So now I can see my expenses for advertising as a line. And I can, again, as you can see with some pretty quick clicks here in the design section around subtotals and these things, I can manipulate you know, is it at the bottom? Why you would do this, you know, I want it at the top. Actually click it, there we go. You can manipulate and get yourself a report that you can then use for taxes or interacting with your um, with your accountant to say, hey, look, here's what I here's my expenses for the year, and here's the categories that I had, here's my income for the year, here's where that money came from. Um, so you know, Amazon, I probably have already paid the sales tax because they just kept it. Indiana, I owe them seventy-five cents. And you can work through that without. And this is really useful because, like in 2019, back when we still traveled, you know, I pay, I had uh, sales tax due in I think four states, mm -hmm. right? So being able to break that out quickly rather than, okay, it's the end of the year, let me crawl through all of my sales and try to tabulate sales tax for each individual state, it's going to be a pain. So this allows you to do that in a pivot table structured basis that allows you to just sort of pull those pieces. And again, this is where pivot tables can be pretty nice. Now, you know, you can get into graphs and fun things like that, but I'm not going to do that and make you all crazy right now. So from an Excel standpoint, you know, sort of things we walked through so far, the very first slot, very first deck was all about, hey, look, conditionals, how you can make colors so that it's easy to see things did a little bit of talking about how you manipulate formulas and how formulas get put together so that math happens without you having to do it all the time 
or you do it once, and then once you've done it once, you can make the spreadsheet copy that value over and over and over, keeping pieces that you want to change or pieces that you don't want to change, doing those kinds of things. Uh, we moved on to Laura's spreadsheet of death. Um, the spreadsheet of death where, again, we're, it's really not that terrifying once you start cracking it open and looking at it piece by piece where expenses is its own tab, KDP is its own tab, each other selling location is its own tab, and as long and that one is currently set up for as long as we keep the, we just pick arbitrarily the end of the month as our um, currency translation day. It works pretty well. You could do it yearly, but we monthly is cool. You get some slight variations, uh, and by doing that minimize the amount of actual keying, minimize the having to think through what pieces do I care of these big extracts versus which pieces I don't care about from these big extracts, dump it in one place, and then get the end result out the back end that you want, which is cool, I'd really like to know how many books I sold of title X, title Y, title Z. And then this third one is sort of the, okay, QuickBooks and those kinds of things. No reason to do big massive structures simple keep track of your expenses keep track of your income do some basic categories so you know what um, where you're spending your money or where your money is coming from and again if you decide you want to do different groupings you can do that and then ultimately you can drive into a pivot table for reporting purposes um, yeah my headset should be on i don't know i just tweaked the audio over here i hope that makes a difference for people we'll see know. Um, we'll watch the chat and find out. We'll find out. I just noticed, I was like, ah, is my headset on? I hope so. If not, I should be a whole lot louder. Uh, so that runs high-level spreadsheets. It is possible to dive deep into these things. It is possible to get really, really crazy formulaic. It is crazy to get to the point that you actually do coding. Uh, there is something called macros. Uh, there is all kinds of cool visuals from a graphical standpoint, barcode, you know, bar graphs and pie charts and and all those fun things. Um, and Richard Dog says that did make a difference. Whatever you did, congratulations. Uh, but at the bottom line, at the end of the day, we're trying to keep this relatively simple, relatively straightforward. And so hopefully, this sort of has helped. Uh, again, whether it is accounting whether it is keeping track of your books, whether it's just keeping track of counts going up and down over time and wanting to see visually making it easier to understand what's happening. Spreadsheets can be really cool. Um, for animal training, yes, absolutely tracking, you know, the day and time the occur of occurrences, the, the frequency, the rate of, rate of success, etc. You can find yourself with some really useful information from that as well. And with that, uh, I'll watch chat to see if there's any specific questions, but otherwise, Laura, I will uh, back to you. Okay, I'm going to steal the mouse cursor back. This is all about, um, we each have a mouse, but there's only one cursor, so we get to fight for it. Um, <laughs> uh, and let me get back here. So I think, yeah, so there's a... URL on your screen that is go.laravab.com slash biz tips, capital B I Z, capital T I P S. Um, if you go there, there should be a sign up um, that you can say you would like to get these forms when they are ready, these uh, spreadsheet templates, and, um, and then I will mail those out to you, uh, when you when those are polished up and ready to go and updated because um, I've been been updating slowly but not really in a rush but if we're going to actually share them we'll get them polished up uh, <laughs> that's an excuse to finally get that done um so the um yeah the, again just there uh i've got i think four or five different sheets that we're going to share um pick the ones that are most useful to you and um then oh thanks for throwing that in the in the chat as well uh natalie and um yeah, so just choose the ones that uh, that are useful to you. Use the features that are useful to you. If you find that it is too big, too much, 
don't use the whole thing. <laughs> okay, just again, just like the marketing, take it as you need it. You add on to it as you go. Um, but I do recommend that um, if you are listening to this and you are not a uh, you know not really comfortable with spreadsheets yet, go ahead and grab this, play with it a little bit because um, next week will be our regular monthly create in this uh, this time with a special NaNoWriMo theme because it's November. And then on December 1st, we have Chris Morris, who is a CPA who specializes in working with creative entrepreneurs. Uh, and he's going to walk us through the accounting that we do need. And uh, if you've already got your spreadsheet ready to go, that will really give you a leg up on on getting started with that. So, um, so you, you thought I had forgotten all about that marketing homework. You thought you'd gotten away, but no, <laughs> no, I told you, get the spreadsheets. Okay. Um, yes. And, um, yeah, Natalie, thanks. Either, either of those links is fine. I, I was trying to make it short for people on the, on the screen, but whatever is fine. So both of those links that Natalie posted in the chat are the same link. So, um, all right. And if anybody has questions for John, again, this is not the in-depth, uh, walkthrough tutorial. Although if, like, if people have specific questions to come back to another time, we could probably do that. Um, but we, uh, but if you want to, have a question about something that we did tonight, please, this is your time to ask. Um, oh, good. Adam has been tracking his numbers each month. Ha ha ha. You just didn't realize there was going to be a quiz. Uh, so <laughs> this is it. So, but good job. Gold star to Adam for, for uh, staying on top of his marketing homework. That's great. Cool. So. And during next week's write-in, I anticipate I will be on. And so if you have a specific question, drop it in the chat and Seeker Within can respond there. Now, obviously, it'll be, just be chat. So if you're like, well, I got 3,000 questions, no. But if it's one or two, I'll be happy to respond. Yeah. And if it's something we're like, okay, can we get a step-by-step walkthrough of how to set this up for the first time? Yeah, we can take time and do that. Like, that's mm-hmm. that's why we're here. That's why we're doing stuff. So, okay. Um, and, oops, sorry, let me get back to this. All right. Um, and if you find this useful or entertaining, or at least makes you feel smarter than me, or in any way good for you. Um, you can support the stream. Uh, please, like, you can you can support the stream by subscribing, but not spending money. If you have an Amazon Prime account, use your Prime Twitch uh, subscription here, and uh, it it's, it's a subscription to support the stream, but you don't have to pay for it. So that's fantastic. Um, I do have a Ko-Fi, but honestly, I would tell you, like please help me clean my house. It's 2020. All of my live events got canceled. And there are dozens or hundreds of books stacked to my left. And um, I'm running a pandemic help me clean my house sale. All that information is on my blog. Uh, So signed books for (laughs) your holiday gifting, stickers, uh, so many things, um, many of which are on discount. um, And all of which can be customized and signed and for your gift recipients. And on my blog, lauravab.com, you can find all of that information. And that would be awesome because then I could have my floor back. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> all right. Um, oh, yay. Thanks for subscribing, Shy Red Fox. That's awesome. I think that's Amy. Okay. So I'm trying to, trying to get people's names and screen names together and I'm only partly trusting myself so far, but but I'm working on it. All right. Does anybody have any questions for John or we are going to wrap? Now we wait the 20 seconds of delay for that to to come around. So, oh, it is Amy. Good. I, I, good, good, good. I was happy when I don't rename people. So, okay. Um, And also, again, for the Learn With Me's guys, always please feel free to send me your questions or suggestions for topics for the Learn With Me, because otherwise I'm just going to keep careening through things that I find interesting or helpful, and that may or may not be what the rest of the world wants to see or hear. So um, suggestions are always welcome. And Natalie says, no questions, but thank you. This was helpful. So hooray, great. All right. And Amy's going to play with the sheets. And those, yeah, so those will go out Um uh, again, make sure you get that get on that sign up, and then when those are ready, I will me- email those out to people on that on that list. So, okay, I think that's it. Adam says thank you, thank you very much. All right, and uh, so we're gonna uh, well, I can't quit because I've got my uh, 
screen layered in so many windows I can't find how to get we're on the stream forever now so okay <laughs> all right okay thank you guys uh, everybody have an awesome night take care wash your hands thank you for listening you can find details on the weekly live stream upcoming guests and topics subscription and support information and more at lauravab.com your shares reviews and support are very much appreciated until next time